Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Oh, well, good day. What's up, friends? Happy Thursday. Today, as we record, is the 6th of August, and we're ready to go with another edition of After 9. The whole bunch of things we're going to talk about here. Uh, we'll do the return to school bullshit in just a few minutes. First off, let's talk about prenups. We said we would today because we couldn't fit it into yesterday. And Dr. Dre's prenup is a situation that may sound unique, but I have a feeling it's not. Yeah, it's so weird. It seems so cut and dry and pretty mutual as, you know, all all the time. Celebrities will put out these releases when they announce that they're splitting up, separating, divorcing, whatever the case is, and they're loving, supporting each other. They'll always care for one another, blah. Some of that ends up being very true, and it's great to see that. In other cases, eh, not so much. So enter Dr. Dre and his wife, who, by the way, they got married in, in 1996, okay? So long-time marriage. At the beginning of this uh, divorce announcement, we had heard that there was no prenup. So a lot of people were like, oh, damn, okay, because this guy's worth about a billion dollars. That's yeah, pretty A that, billion dollars. You know, that's a lot of money. Now, that said, she she was with him that entire time, and I'm sure that she gave a lot to her, like to them and the family and supported him and stuff like that. But you knew she was getting a good, decent cut. Well, enter Dr. Dre, who then publicly basically let it be known there is a prenuptial agreement. And everyone went, what now? Whoa. Whoa, right? So now Nicole Young filed legal documents and claims she was actually forced to sign the prenup in 96. Um, The day day before they got married. That's Mm -hmm. like, look, say what you will about prenups, but that's sneaky as fuck and terrible. If you ask me, you don't do that. Um, And she says she was reluctant. She was resistant. And she even claimed that he apologized to her a couple of uh, years later. And and he said he felt ashamed. He pressured her into signing this prenup um, that he tore up multiple copies of in front of her face. By the way, that's not that doesn't really actually make it go away. If you, no, it doesn't. You know, the, OK, so I don't know if she has any valid points there. But if she can prove, let me ask you if you think she can prove that she was kind of forced into it and prove that he wasn't happy he did that. Well. I would like to know what forced into it means. There's a lot of people who feel like, oh, my God, it's the day before the wedding. And now he wants me to sign. If I don't sign, uh, I won't get my big day or all our guests will be disappointed if I don't go through with the wedding. And there can't be a wedding unless I sign. If that's how he pressured you by dropping it on you at the last minute, that wasn't pressure. You still had a choice. You still had a choice. Now, if he stood there with a gun to your head and said, sign this or I'll kill you, that's a completely different well, story. Would you still want to marry different. the person if they did that? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, people think there, there's no point of no return. Until you say, I do, you're fine. You can opt out at any time. And if you sign a prenup, the prenup is the prenup is the prenup. You right. agreed to this. And whether you like the fact that you agreed to it back in 96 or not, either way, you signed it. And that's all there is to mm-hmm. it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. you. You signed it. You signed it. You knew what you were getting into. You knew that this was Dr. Dre. Yes, it was back in 96. It was before the beats. It was before he made some pretty humongous business moves. But it doesn't matter. He yeah, knew back he, in 96, he was a millionaire. He was exa- He was still rich. There's no question about it. And I don't know. I think the interesting part, by the way, too, is she's asking for more on top of spousal support. And and I don't know what that number is. And obviously, that needs to be decided by a judge, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, what that spousal support number looks like or if that's set in stone in the prenuptial agreement as a percentage. I don't know how it works. But that is happening. There is spousal support. And that's what's, I guess, pissing off Dr. Dre because he said, I'm giving you spousal support. That was in the prenup. Now here's the issue is she wants more. She wants a lump sum. Yeah. Like in and around half of that fortune that he has amassed since they got married. Well, the prenup is designed to lay out what happens at the end or the dissolution of a marriage. That's the whole point of the prenup is so that you don't have to get into the the weeds on this sort of thing. He's giving her spousal support. Okay. That was part of the deal when she signed. Okay. If anything happens, I will support you. And she knew she'd be supported and well taken care of by the millionaire that he was. But probably not thinking the day before your wedding, what if it doesn't work out? She now is thinking she wants a a, a bigger chunk of that change, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think she's entitled to it. She signed and that's all there is to it. Okay. Can I give you another scenario in another celebrity case here? Yeah. Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan and his wife split. They're going to divorce. They've been married for five years. Okay. So not as long as a divorce, but here's the thing. So they were together, right? When the Walmart crash happened after that, by the way, he ended up getting from Walmart somewhere around $90 million following the crash that almost killed him. But what happened was they got married before Walmart reached the settlement with Tracy, but after the crash, Ah. There's no word on a prenup, but let's say there is none. Let's say there is no prenup because she stuck by his side. She helped him. He couldn't walk for a long time. She basically played wife and nurse. That's great. They truly were in love. They had children together. They were, by the way, they were together much more than five years. They only got married at that time because they, he had an epiphany of, I need to marry this woman. Well, didn't end up so well, but let's say there's not a prenup. So he gets into this car crash, almost dies, sues Walmart. In between him getting that payout, they get married. Is she entitled to half that money? Mm. I'm going to say no, and I'll tell you why. First off, very admirable what she did. She took care of him, and and you just explained the story. It's fine. I don't think she's entitled to it because this wasn't money that he earned. And I'm pretty sure it's law. I don't know about America, but I'm pretty sure it's law, at least here in Ontario, that money that you get from a personal injury settlement is not money that you need to share with your spouse because it's not earned income. Hmm. I don't think now I will double check with uh, my friend, Jeremy diamond on that. I might even call Les Kotzer. He's in charge of wills and estates for me. (laughs) I've got a lawyer for everything. It's crazy. In any case, (laughs) I might uh, ask them about that, but I don't think she is entitled to any of that. She, uh, she had a marriage that just didn't work out. And in a lot of cases they don't, And that's just the way it is. For whatever reason, they decided it wasn't worth fixing or wasn't fixable, and they went their separate ways. Should she be entitled to any of that $90 million? I I don't think so. I mean, she 
she probably deserves to be compensated for her time in the marriage, the time that he was making income, but a settlement from an accident that almost killed him? Nah, I don't think so. I do, however, think that they have kids, you said, right? They do, yes. I think that they should at least agree that if anything happens again to Tracy, the kids will benefit greatly from that settlement. Mm -hmm. I don't think he can hoard it all to himself, but I think that particularly if the kids are going to go live with mom, uh, Tracy should make sure using that money that they are exceptionally well taken care of. Does that make sense? Yeah, that is that makes that makes sense. Interesting take. Okay. And everyone has a different opinion on prenups. And I mean, you say it's got to be mandatory no matter who you are. So yeah. celebrity status, millionaire status or not, everyone should sign a prenup. Yeah, here's why I think that. Because there's some people who would make the case, oh, I don't have anything. There's no point in signing one because, well, what am I going to uh, I'll get, uh, what, the 100 bucks in my savings account or 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever. I think everybody should have a prenup because... And and I think that you should have to show your prenup when you go to City Hall to get your marriage license. It should be automatic, obligatory. You just plain have to have one. Even if it doesn't spell out much, you should have to go to City Hall with your prenup when you get your marriage license. Because we know that there are a lot of marriages, statistically speaking, roughly 50%, that are going to end in divorce or separation. When you're in that situation, and you never plan for it, nobody goes into their wedding thinking, okay, well, what about when we divorce? But with the odds as great as they are that it could end up that way, it's better to have everything pre-laid out so everybody understands what's at stake here. So that everybody understands that, okay, if this marriage hits the shitter, uh, I am going to be taken care of via... uh, Spousal and child support. That's one option. Or before the person who's ready to cheat decides to pull their their private parts out and cheat, they understand if I do this and the other person finds out, it will lead to divorce and that will lead me to be paying X number of dollars a month or whatever the case may be. I think that if everybody understood what the stakes are, then that would make things a lot different. And I also think that It would take away a lot of the complication. Uh, People who have been listening to the podcast or our radio show for a while know that I'm in the process of going through a divorce. It's been over three years. It's ridiculous how long it takes. It really is. It makes it it, it angers me a little bit that it takes that long. And, And the biggest issue when couples separate is the division of assets. That includes money and property. If all of that is laid out in the agreement. That you have to show to even get your li- your not your liquor license your marriage license, then it would eliminate so many issues, and the divorce process would be much less complicated. And there's a lot of people who ended up in a real shitty situation after their divorce. They uh, they shouldn't have to be waiting years on end and spending an infinite amount on legal fees just to try and get some resolution and move on with their life. It's very very unfortunate that there are so many people. In a similar predicament to me, where years later, they're still no closer than they were the day they separated to getting that divorce and moving on. So I think it should be mandatory. And I'll tell you, if I ever, ever, ever do it again, (laughs) there will absolutely be a prenup. And even if that prenup says that anything you had before the marriage is yours, anything I had before the marriage is mine, anything that we accumulate together after we say I do will get split evenly. That can be written up in one paragraph, 
But that would be a legally binding prenuptial agreement. And you know what? I know it's a shitty thing to discuss. People don't like to talk about the what ifs when they get engaged. Sure. That's why I think it should just be law. You can't even get the marriage license until you produce the prenuptial agreement. Well, I find an interesting take being actually one that a good mutual friend of ours, I believe, came up with, which is marriage. Food for thought for everyone. Marriage should be much like a lease. Uh, so yeah. you sign a contract, that marriage license, AK, and people are going to hate this. Some people will hate this because marriage is for life. That's what Hear marriage is, Hear her out, right? everybody. Hear her. Listen to Kat right now because I think this suggestion makes a ton of sense. Now, I, I, and I don't even, I wouldn't like this, but I know some people, and for some people it makes sense. For some people it makes sense to have marriage leases, basically. And the contract is five years long. And after that five year, or let's say 10, even if you want to go crazy, let's go back to five. <laughs> okay. So five year contract after that five years, or as soon as the five years is coming up, you have a conversation. How's the marriage going? Do you want to make some upgrades, some changes? Do you want to trade it in for something different? Trade it in for a newer model. <laughs> Do you want to resign and come up with some different uh, points in this prenuptial agreement or changes to this prenuptial agreement because your life changes as we go? I mean, it is. it would be one way to do it. But I know there's people listening right now that think that's such bullshit. Oh, I know. And you know what? There's people out there that get married because they're in love and they, they want to spend the rest of their life monogamously with the other person that's great i love it i applaud it it's very reminiscent of our parents and grandparents where divorce was a lot less common but in this day and age particularly when we live in a very disposable society oh phone's got a cracked screen i could fix the screen or i could just go get myself a new phone there's too much of that shit going on it's also never been easier to meet someone else for those private hookups and affairs which often lead to the the divorces and separations. So, uh, yeah, a lease isn't a bad idea. I'm agreeing to marry you for five years. And for five years, I will be your partner and I will be committed to you and I will share my income and my life and we will raise kids and whatever else. You agree to do that for five years. Maybe around the four and a half year mark, it's almost coming up time. Do you want to buy it out or do you want to lease something new? <laughs> Okay, well, it's time to have that chat with your partner, and this is where it encourages communication. Well, you know, I'm not really feeling it anymore. I feel differently now than I did when we got married. I'm at a different stage in my life, or I don't know, maybe you just discovered you're gay. Okay, that's the time when you can make a clean break and everybody gets off scot-free. It's interesting, isn't it? It's, a, it's an interesting way to do it. And I mean, here, I go back to traditions, and yes, marriage license, it's a tradition. It's what it is. When you think about it, right? Totally. It's not like we were born onto this earth, and some people do believe it, fine. Not what I believe. But we weren't born into this earth to do all of these things that we do. We do it because traditionally that's been how it's done. Marriage is one of those things. Traditionally, that's how it's been done. Who's to say we can't shake it up or change it up? And, I mean, obviously you can also make the argument of, oh, well, you can just not be married. But there's issues there, too, because common law has its own laws. And rules. So this would kind of change things up for those who just wanted to be common law and didn't even want to be married. There could be a contract for those who didn't want to be married, but wanted to have a contract, wanted to share life with this person too, right? Can I tell you, I, I firmly disagree with the common law rules. 
You know, if you live with someone, then that's the same as being married to them, I think is a dumb policy. I think if you wanted to be married to someone, you would be married to them. And I think that if you want to get into a cohabitation agreement, you can totally do that. But simply the fact that you live with someone shouldn't make it common law. And it's it does. Very, yeah. It does. But it's very common for two people to live together and try it out. And well, let's see how this relationship goes. Well, if I'm just living with some girl and trying to to feel it out and see, eh, could I spend the rest of my life with this person? Do we work well together? That sort of thing. And I happen to, I don't know, um, get a major promotion at work with a six-figure salary. Why should I then be obligated to spousally support that person if they lose their job and we separate? It makes no sense. I, I, to- I really don't get that. Um, I'll be honest with you. I am a firm believer in we need to overhaul the system completely with common sense suggestions like we suggested earlier that you should have to produce a prenup to get your marriage license. Maybe we do consider the whole uh, marriage for a certain period of time option. Mm -hmm. I also think that we need to totally revisit the, the entire book on family law, particularly when it comes to custody issues, access issues, and things like that, because there's a lot of kids who are in situations that they don't like. It's not convenient for the parents. And really, they're just placating one person because the justice system wants to make things fair. And, And I don't agree with it. I really don't. I also think a lot of dads get screwed. They get painted with a brush that they don't deserve to be painted with, and that costs them custody of their kids, mm-hmm. access to their kids. And I would, uh, I feel bad for a lot of dads in the situations that they're in. And it's not to say that there's not moms in the same predicament, but I think it's more common. Oh, absolutely. The, the males are definitely most, more disadvantaged the way that the system is now. Yeah. It's very frustrating. In any case, there's a little food for thought. If you want to weigh in on that or anything else, you can always DM us at Scott Fox on air on Instagram or at cat on air. That's cat. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At with a K. Dare we talk about school? <laughs> uh, we, we, we could totally talk about school. <laughs> putting somebody stuff, tell me what the issue is here. Well, somebody putting stuff, like put stuff on Facebook right now and you'll know exactly what we mean. And maybe you are, I have a lot of friends that just avoid Facebook right now for these reasons because people post about school and it's just people fighting each other. These mom groups are out of hand. I mean, don't get me wrong. I stay on them because it is entertaining. But the people that are moaning and bitching about it, is that what you're talking about mostly? Those who are kind of moaning and bitching about get, going back to class basically in September? Yeah, I kind of yeah. alluded to this the other day. I mean, I really think that you should have to put your money where your mouth is. If you're that determined that this isn't safe, your options are distance learn or put your kids in private school. I'd love to see more kids in private school. You want accountability? You want to be able to call the shots on how a school should be run even though you've never run one? By all means, put your kids in private school because then those administrators and those teachers work for you. You can have a lot of say in how things are done. Generally speaking, I think the schools are doing the best they can. Um, I've spoken to a lot of of people uh, in education, Uh, teachers, not as much, but definitely a few former teachers that are now administrators. Yeah, all the time. 
and they're planning out a lot of logistics right now. And frankly, they do nothing but deal with dumb questions. Yeah. Why do I have to register my kid? Well, I, you, in part, you have to register your kid. Just It's an RSVP. You have to let them know you're coming in September because the province has given you the option to not go. So, yeah, if you don't, just like you wouldn't show up at a wedding or a party without RSVPing, you've got to RSVP for school this year if you plan on coming. If not, you're just going to get the email about distance learning and, and your courses will be online. There's a lot of misinformation spreading. Things like, Somebody was arguing with me yesterday. Oh, I heard, I heard that if you uh, put your kid in school and then decide it's not safe and pull them out, there will be consequences. No, no. Where the fuck did you hear that? Right. Honestly, where the fuck did you hear that? Because there's a big push on only take your information from reliable sources. Do you seriously think that they would consequence you? For taking your kid out of a dangerous situation. I know. I'm, I'm so sick. That's the part that really pisses me off is hearing that, well, I heard this. Or uh, or people in an uproar are already angry when they don't even know the answer. Like, well, what if I want to send my kid, but then I decide not to? This is bullshit. And they're going to they're gonna get angry at me. And then I'm going to have to whatever. Like, what do you mean? Calm down. First, first of all, calm the fuck down. Like, yeah. everybody relax. And you can definitely make the best choice that's for your family that makes sense for you. So, just know that we live in that kind of a free country where you can choose what you do. And this is going to be, I think, an option that most parents will will go for. I spoke with my brother. They have um, two uh, six-year-olds and asked him. And he said, to be honest, I haven't decided yet. But I'm definitely not in an uproar about it. You know, I'm not freaking out about it one way or the other because I know that we are in control of what we do. And yeah, it sucks for those parents who really don't want to put their kids in school, but don't have any daycare other type of option for them, except for staying at home with them if they're working from home. I know it gets dicey and I know it gets messy, but nobody put us in this situation, right? Like this is a, this is a virus that we, yes, of course, we're containing very well in some parts of Canada and we're doing a good job at, but nobody, you can't blame the, don't start blaming the government because you know, unless you believe in some conspiracy theories, they're really doing the best with what they can that, that's out of their control, really. They're controlling what they can. I think that the plans look good from what I've seen so far. And personally, I'd be okay with sending my daughter to school if she was starting kindergarten this year. Are there teachers out there that just want to keep working from home because it's a good gig? Oh, like, Is that oh, where the fear-mongering yeah. is coming from? Because I know that the unions are going after Ford premier of ontario if you don't live in ontario they're going after him like crazy and initially the complaint was before it was even announced the complaint was well teachers aren't going to be safe they need ppe they need ppe okay well in the the first thing they said in the announcement was teachers are going to be given ppe students are as well students are going to be given masks teachers are going to be given masks face shields, gloves, and a ton of cleaners. They're also bringing in more janitors to do more frequent cleans. They're also putting in more school nurses. Okay, these are all good things. So when they cut off the whole PPE angle, did it just now turn into something else? Because I really don't know what's driving these conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. about uh, the government is going to march all the kids down to the gym and give them a shot of the vaccine (laughs) when you're not looking. Shit like that. It's so dumb, but people fall for this and I don't know. Maybe it's naive. Maybe it's gullibility. I'm not sure. I I think I I can't even imagine, actually, what the reaction would have been like if the government had come out and said it's going to be distance learning in the fall. You know what? It's just not safe. It's not safe. Everything is going to be online. Do you know how many thousands upon 
tens of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of parents would be up shit's creek if they didn't have somewhere to send their kids during the school day. Yeah. They, it would be a disaster. It would be just as bad if they did the hybrid model mm-hmm. where it was some days in class, some days out of class. Yeah. And I'm, I, I see the complaints from people on social media. I do believe, by the way, they are the minority. I think the vast majority of people are like your brother. Eh, yeah, you know what? It's a tough decision, but you know, I'm, I'm still thinking about it, but I'm not in an uproar about it. I think that's a great approach from your brother. There's yeah. people out there who are saying things like, I don't think it's safe. I don't want my kids in school. I don't have a choice. I got to go to work and my work isn't flexible. I don't know how hard you tried and and maybe you truly don't have any other options, but uh, have you spoken to any other parents? You know, maybe there's those parents at the school that are able to stay home and they're willing to take in a couple of extra kids and create a new social bubble. Where they're safe, you can distance learn and use all the Wi-Fi you want. Uh, flip me a hundred bucks a week to cover lunches, and and your kid can stay with me. Like, did you look into all of those options? Mm-hmm. Because I really don't think there are that many people that truly no. have no choice. No, but I think it goes back to you, what you, the comment you made about teachers, and maybe it goes for a lot of people where it's they're they were kind of hoping it would be a certain way, and they were started complaining even before it was announced. Same thing. They're kind of freaking out before they even really figure out what they can do. And everyone can probably come up with a plan that will work for them based on the situation we're all kind of dealing with here. You can still hear the commercials. The commercials are still airing on radio. They did a media buy before the decision was even announced about we have to make it safe and teachers need PPE and common sense approaches and all that sort of shit. Hey, listen, I I understand that there's teachers who are a little skeptical. Granted, I get it. You know, and, and I think back to the people who were told, oh, yeah, you got to work at a grocery store at the height of the pandemic when people were freaking out and locking themselves in their mm-hmm. basements. You know, it, it's a similar situation. I don't think it's the same, but I think it's similar. Yeah, I get it. You're walking into a situation where uh, there's a you're not as safe in a school as you are at home. I think everybody understands that. Yeah. But you've got to do what's best for you. And if you don't think it's safe, don't go. If you're a teacher who's got a compromised immune system or an underlying health condition, if you really don't feel safe, nobody's going to blame you for not going. Nobody. And you can probably work with your board or your administrators or whatever to get an alternate assignment. Or maybe you have to take sick leave or go on disability. Maybe you got to go on the CERB, whatever it is. I don't blame you for not wanting to risk your, your health to go to work. Nobody should. And we've been told that since the beginning of the pandemic. We do have a choice there. The CERB is going to continue, and I'm fully expecting it is going to get extended beyond October, but they're going to roll it over into EI that you won't have uh, as many hoops to jump through to qualify for. Okay. But, I mean, just the general bitching and complaining about this back-to-school plan isn't really helping. I'd really love to hear some common-sense solutions. For people who are arguing, well, the elementary class sizes, they're supposed to be capped at 15. Mm. Uh, Okay, there's not much difference between 15 and 20. Personally, I don't think even 15 is safe. If you've got one person in a room of 15 kids and that air is just circulating around and those droplets are in the air, 
I, I don't think that's particularly safe either. Mm-hmm. I, 15 seemed like a very arbitrary number to me from the beginning. I'm sure the government regrets even putting a number like that out there. Yeah, maybe they should have held off on the numbers. That's for sure. I, well, this I, goes back to June when people were demanding to know what the right. return to school plan would be. Yeah, it's funny. I saw a couple of comments like that. And again, a lot of them were on the fa- on Facebook because that's where usually you go to just splurt out random things. But um, one woman was freaking out because she has her bubble and her she's very protective of her bubble. But now... Now, all of a sudden, her kid is going to be in this bubble with all these kids. Well, what happened to the bubbles? Obviously, the bubbles are out the window. Uh, yeah. You're creating a new bubble. They're cre- basically a, co- a cohort. We're going to start hearing that word a lot, lot more, by the way. That, that word's coming. Yeah. A cohort. So, yes, you're absolutely right. If you have someone who you that has a weakened immune system or whatever, uh, that, that you're now worried your kid won't be able to see because they're in this new cohort at school, yeah. I mean, that's something a lot of us are going to have to deal with. This, these bubbles, technically, are going to be getting bigger. Yes. Isn't that just is what it is? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Uh, The cohorts are designed primarily for contact tracing. That is, if your cohort is your third grade class, for example, okay, that's your cohort. If one person in that cohort gets infected, everybody gets notified instantly. Parents will know right away, hey, just so you know, there was exposure because somebody came to school and they were sick and it's probably a good idea to monitor for symptoms. And if you want, go ahead and get a COVID test. It's not in Ontario like it is in America, where in some cases they're waiting up to a week to get their test results. In Ontario, it's 24 hours in most cases. The worst I've heard is 48 hours. And we're doing like 40,000 tests a day right now. It's crazy how quickly and how many we're doing. It's great. So that's mainly for contact tracing. I do think the government needs to get rid of their cell phone ban. I never fully agreed with their cell phone ban anyway, but I think that if a kid has the COVID app, they should probably be allowed to have their phone in school. That's just a common sense thing. Government can think about it. We know they're listening. Uh, I think that guys, Doug I think Ford you should said, scrap the cell phone ban. I think that Doug Ford did mention that. Oh, did he? Yep. I think he already mentioned that. I think it was just yesterday, in fact, that he had mentioned that. I remember that ban that we had. Yeah, about that. We want to encourage that app to be used. We want to encourage students to do it. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he did make that uh, semi-announcement. I don't know if it was so formal or if it was just a comment or an answer. Um, but yes, I, I believe yesterday he did say that. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, listen, when it comes to back to school. I just want to remind everybody, everybody has a choice, and just because you've made your choice doesn't mean you have to try and pressure the shit out of everybody else. And if you're participating in this fear-mongering, if you're one who's decided, I have the means to keep my kid at home, and I'm doing it because it's not safe, stop spreading misinformation online to try and scare others into going your way. It's very, very irresponsible. And there are people who are in a situation where they feel like they don't have a choice. They've got to send their kid to school because they've got to go to work. You don't need to make them feel even worse about it by telling people that they're gonna, their kid is going to secretly get marched down to the nurse's room and be, be given a, an experimental vaccine without your knowledge. Stop that shit. Stop it. You know, mm-hmm. Stop with this fake news stuff that, oh, well, portables are the most dangerous and we're going to have more portables than ever before. There's a lot of people who would make the case that portables are actually the most safe place for your kids to be because they have their own ventilation system. If you have 900 kids in one building, it's still only one ventilation system. 
So I have to think that air from one classroom can get into air from another classroom. It doesn't work that way in a portable. But think it through and ask yourself if it's really worth all the hyperbole. Yesterday, the premier did say that if there's an outbreak in schools, he has no problem shutting them down on the spot. Okay, I mean, what more can you ask for? Nobody wants to send their kid into a dangerous situation, but if you've made the choice that with everything we know about COVID and how it's spread and how they're cohorting the students, if if you know all that and you're going to send your kid, great. And if you also know that if there's an outbreak, it's over. We're pulling the plug. It'll be distance learning after that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. but we should at least take a shot because we have to get the economy going again. And we can't do it with the majority of women in the province at home looking after kids. And unfortunately, as I've said before, women are disproportionately affected by keeping kids at home because they're generally the ones responsible for child care. We need to get the workforce back and going again. People need to make a check or the situation's going to get real bad. I mean, it's amazing already how many people are starting to say the word foreclosure. Yeah. Realtors will tell you, oh, the market's great. Everybody's buying homes, making huge money. Well, now, I still see a, a, a big, big problem coming down the line when it comes to employment, when it comes to the housing market, when it comes to all sorts of things. Look, I, it, yeah. I don't think the worst has hit us yet. No, I, I and I totally agree with you. And it's amazing to me how many people are, <laughs> you know, including big political figures, uh, thinking that this is just, you know, it'll go away. It'll subside. And sure, I will give it to them that I think this virus is probably mutating slightly as it goes. And viruses do tend to do that. That is actually a fact. They do kind of mutate as they go. And we're still learning about it. Sure. But is it going to disappear? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. I don't think that we're in the clear now. I don't think that it means that everyone's good and businesses will get back up. I'm with you. And in some cases, when you look at the states, mostly because they're doing things wrong and we're doing things right here, but they're going to go backwards. They're going to have to start shutting things down that were open for a short while because people can't get their shit together. So as long as we can continue to get our shit together and control it, the virus is not going away. We need to always keep that in the back of our minds because I think you're right. It's not there are some things that people aren't going to do anymore, period, the end. There's people that won't step foot in the mall anymore. There's people that won't go to theaters ever again. Or to the gym and places like that. Exactly. That's a fact. That is a fact. So are businesses going to be hurt by it? Yeah. And does that mean the housing market, for example, will get hit by that? Yeah. We all know it's a domino effect. So I, I totally agree with you. I don't think that... Everything's going to be booming again. And that's a, maybe that's a scary thought. Maybe it's too negative for some people to hear because we are doing so well right now. But it's something we need to think about and consider. And just quickly here, we're so over on time. So I apologize for going long again, everybody. But this was a conversation worth having. Hopefully you were joining in on the conversation while you were listening today, either yelling at your phone or <laughs> firing off a nasty DM. <laughs> um, yeah. The topic came up yesterday because they finally asked the federal panel uh, about vaccines and will they be mandatory? And the answer was they haven't decided if they will be mandatory, but it will be up to Health Minister Patty Haidu and Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Teresa Tam, yeah. to make that decision. Yeah. It's I not going to happen. I, it's not going to happen, but I actually heard a really good suggestion from a friend of mine who is a cancer survivor. He's now been in remission for three years, but still has a compromised immune system. And what he suggested was it should not be mandatory. The vaccine should not be mandatory. However, public places should be allowed to require proof of vaccination before they let you in. I don't I, mind that at all. I.e., uh, nope, nobody's going to force you to get stuck with a needle. 
But if you want to go to a movie theater, you have to have proof of vaccination. If you want to go to a restaurant, you have to be able to prove you have to have your little COVID card that says you've got you know, the antibodies or you're vaccinated. It sounds nice on the on the outside, but it won't work. That won't work. If for certain things, yes. And that's why I thought, oh, that's a good idea. So let's say if you're going into a large venue or something like that. Restaurants, man, they're already hurting as is. They're going to start turning people down? I don't think so. What about uh, sports leagues? Let's say you want your, your kid to play the Timbit Soccer do you think the league could require proof of vaccination before they let you play with the other kids? Yeah, you know, I think it should be an op- it could it should be an option. Let's put it this way. It should be an option for the businesses, but they have to ask themselves if that's a smart business move for them. There's a lot of people that won't stick themselves for needles anyway for any reason. Yeah. Um and I'm not necessarily talking about the anti-vaxxers, but yes, of course anti-vaxxers included. So, they need to realize that there's certain people that they're going to lose money, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So they need to understand that that might be, that might end up being a poor business move if enough people are so pissed off. Even if they did get the vaccine and they're pissed off that they make people get the vaccine, right? I think there's a lot of area for people to get angry about that because people like to feel like they're in control. And if they don't feel like they're in control, they get pissy and they won't go to your business, basically. Mm. I've never had a flu shot. Never. And I've also not been sick in about seven years. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of these. And, and I prefer, me personally, uh, when it comes to things like that, the things that are getting passed around amongst society, I prefer to, if I'm going to get it, let me get it, fight it internally, and build up the immunity myself. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that a flu shot is the silver bullet to solving all of the world's problems. And I'm not sure that the COVID vaccine will be either. But either way, I'm open to reading some research on it. I'm certainly open to hearing some arguments about it both ways when it's a reality. Right now, we've got an order in for millions of them and it doesn't even exist yet. Right. We went to Pfizer and Moderna and and, and told them, yeah, 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 once you're done with it, we'll buy millions of them. We want them first. But it's not even developed yet, let alone approved. Yeah. So <laughs> that's I, uh, the biggest pre-order ever, isn't it? No it's kidding. Gotta be, it's got to go down in history. Jeez. Uh, okay, that's it for us today, everybody. We will have another podcast coming out tomorrow. We'll keep it a little bit shorter, heading into the weekend. Uh, remember, if you want to weigh in on this or anything else, send us a DM and hit that goddamn subscribe. Do button. it. Let's go. Have a good one.